you're ready to take your leadership to the next level, you're in the right place. This is the Think on Purpose podcast, and I'm your host, Jen Fry. Let's dive in. If you're a leader struggling with work-life balance, this episode is for you. Welcome back, everyone. I'm Jen Fry, the host of the Think on Purpose podcast, and I'm super excited to have you today. When I was thinking about this topic, initially, I thought that I would give you some tips and tricks for managing work-life balance, maybe even throw in a definition. But I started to read some interesting articles, and I actually have a new perspective to share. So when we think about work-life balance, often we're thinking about it from the perspective of myself, right? Me as the, as the leader, me as the worker. What is work-life balance defined for me? And I think that can be a very useful framework, of course. We all want to know what that means for us. But also, as leaders, we have to consider how our definition of work-life balance, how that is impacting and playing out for the people who report to us. And that is the piece I think is very often missing. So an employee comes to us and says, I I need better work-life balance. And we immediately think that they're talking about our definition of work-life balance instead of asking them what that means to them. So very often when we start to talk to the employees, we get a better idea of what exactly they are needing, what exactly they're talking about. Because if I'm a dog mom versus someone taking care of elderly parents, my needs might look a little bit different. Now, this is where... an article that I found in Forbes is is coming into play. So this is super interesting. And I'm going to link the article um, in the show notes for you. But one of the things that the author talks about is this very definition of work-life balance. And she says that work-life balance can be a little bit tricky because we don't necessarily all have the same definition. And frankly, a lot of the definitions that we've been operating under aren't super helpful. So one definition the author offers is equal time or priority to personal and professional activities. And I think this definition right off the bat is problematic because equal time to both personal and professional activities, for most of us, there are not enough hours in the day once we factor in sleeping and grooming and all the other things that we have to do, eating, right? It's like, there is no way that we can have exactly 50-50 split of personal and professional. And if that's our expectation or that's our employee's expectation, that's going to be pretty hard to meet. Now, another definition is this idea of um, work-life balance as the ability to, to flex and to get things done in both my personal and in my professional world. And again, this author in this Forbes article talks about that what we're actually talking about a lot of times is a desire for convenience. So if you're a leader and you're trying to get your folks back into the office, this might ring true for you. So the author in this article says that some employees believe that work-life balance means that they, that they get more done when they work from home. But what this really means is it makes managing their personal life easier and more convenient, which for a lot of us, that's true, right? It's easier and more convenient to throw in a load of laundry between phone calls or to call the vet or make a doctor's appointment or do those things sort of in the cracks of our day-to-day. 
But while this might be convenient, we also have, there's a downside to this, right? Where maybe we're not fully present. Maybe we're, we're missing out. I've, I for sure think we miss out on some of those water cooler discussions, those things that happen in passing in the hallways and those connections that we make while we're at work. So it might be that it's more convenient to work at home, but is that actually in service to work-life balance? And is that actually in service to the business? So that's something else to consider when our employees come to us saying they need more work-life balance. What exactly are they looking for? Because convenience may not be a value or a priority of your business. And I think that's okay. I think that's okay to talk about and explain and have that dialogue and conversation. So when we think about balance, that is different than the idea of convenience. So again, relating back to this article, the author says that balance doesn't mean that we're giving everything equal time, which I, again, like I said, I totally agree with. But what she does say is that maybe we can look at a really simple definition of work-life balance, which is this, don't work too much. And for her, that means 38 to 45 hours a week would be in that, in that realm of not working too much. Now, when I read that, it's so interesting, right? Because I work with a lot of entrepreneurs and coaches and solopreneurs. And for some folks, it's like, well, I want to work. I, I, I love my work. And we can very easily sort of teeter into that workaholic type of category where we're telling ourselves we really enjoy our work and it's life-giving, which is amazing but also it is not balanced. So having a framework, having some intentional uh, decisions around what is it, what does it mean to not work too much can be really helpful for those folks. If you are a leader and you're managing people, again, having that framework, having that idea of what does it mean to work too much and everybody being included on that conversation and really flowing that information down to the teams can also be really helpful. I recently was talking to a coach who had a client and the client said, I'm working 75 hours a week and I still can't get everything done. Now, that is a problem, right? And we want to figure out what is going on here that the person feels like they need to work 75 hours a week. It doesn't meet our definition of work-life balance, regardless of the definition that you're using, whether it's about convenience or balance or equal priority or don't work too much. 75 hours a week does not fit that does not fit that, those definitions. But also we want to understand what kind of work are they doing? What is it about the assignments? What is it about the tasks that's taking this amount of time? Because I think part of work-life balance is absolutely don't work too much because the intention here is we want to have time for exercise, for our families, for our friends, for hobbies, for expanding our world. And also, if we are working too much, we want to understand why. Because if everything I'm doing at work feels hard and everything at work feels like something I have to learn and everything at work feels like a battle, that also is not balanced. So there's a work-life balance. Then I think there's also this idea of like a work balance and then a life balance. So in my life, am I balancing taking care of myself? Am I balancing my, my brain and my body and my relationships? And at work, am I balanced in the workload? Because I don't think it's sustainable for people to work 75 hours a week. And even if it's less than that, even if it's 40 hours a week, but the intensity is really high, 
And everything that they're doing is something that's new and they're learning. For most people, that is not something that is balanced. So three areas to consider, right? What's the definition of work-life balance? And then what exactly does it mean to be balanced at work? And what exactly does it mean to be balanced in life? Now, back to the Forbes article, the author also talks about why it's so important. Because most of you listening to this podcast are probably in the space of what we would call knowledge workers, meaning that you've been hired for your brain. You have, you're not putting together widgets. You're not stacking boxes. You are being hired for your thoughts and your management of people and your, um, your expertise in a field, right? So when we're knowledge workers, we know that our brain needs a break. And in order to be able to do other things, to give our brains a break, which means that then we have more creativity, better decision-making, quicker decision-making, we have to be able to get away from work. We have to find that balance. So whether that means books or movies or travel or coffee with a girlfriend or a weekend away with a partner or walking the dog, whatever that activity looks like that is giving us a break from the work. And this is for you, workaholics, because I know you want to believe that you can just keep going. And I know you want to reinforce this idea that work is life-giving, which it may be. And that's amazing. And also, when we find balance in work, we can actually be more productive. We can actually be quicker and more creative and more efficient. But we have to be able to give ourselves that downtime and give ourselves that break. And here's a quote from this article. The more diverse the inputs, the more creative and unique the outputs. In other words, knowledge work is about getting, it's about getting new ideas. It's about synthesizing things, right? It's like I read a book and I watch a TV show and I watch a documentary and I talk to someone and I take these inputs and I'm letting them marinate in my brain. And then I come up with this really amazing new idea, this new framework, this new this new way to solve an old problem. And the only way that we can do that is when we give ourselves time and space, what we might call work-life balance. So as a leader, I encourage you to think about this not only for you, but also for your team. And I want to segue into kind of the next part of the podcast, which is talking about as a leader, how are you helping your team to cultivate their own work-life balance? And I want to give three specific examples. So the first one is we talk a lot about establishing boundaries, right? So we talk about, for example, um, as an individual, I'm going to decide not to check my email after 7 p.m. As a leader, are you allowing your employees to set those boundaries? As a leader, are you following those boundaries that your employee is setting? Or are you the leader that's texting at 7.30 or 8 p.m. with something like, hey, I know you don't check your email after 7, so just real quick, dot, dot, dot. Right? If you're texting because you know your employee doesn't check their email after a certain time because they're hanging out with friends or they're with their kids or they play soccer every Thursday night, whatever the reason is, but you are violating that boundary with a text, that is problematic. The second one is, as a leader, are you helping to prioritize the self-care of your employees? So for example, if they have a doctor's appointment and need to leave work for a couple of hours, is that okay? What kind of permission, what kind of hoops do they have to jump through in order to make that happen? 
Because if we're speaking the words and telling people that that self-care is important, but we're not allowing that to happen, creates a disconnect, right? It's very hard for our teams to believe what we're saying. So as a leader, am I am I reinforcing and am I am I following the boundaries that my employees have set? Am I helping them to prioritize their own self-care? And this isn't just around medical appointments, it's also around hours worked, um, when they need a mental health day, am I allowing that? Again, without like a million hoops to jump through and reasons why and asking questions, do I just accept that they know what they need and I can provide the space for that? And then the third one I want to offer is the idea of saying no. Again, as an individual, we recognize that sometimes we need to say no to projects or we have those conversations like, yes, I can do X, Y, and Z, but I'm going to have to give up something. Where would you like me to give? What would you like me to give up? Right? It's, it's an idea of prioritizing projects so that we can move forward and get more things done. As the leader, it is also our responsibility to ensure that we can be told no. So as an individual, I want to say no. As a leader, I want to be able to hear the word no. And sometimes as leaders, we forget that. And I'm 100% sure in my own management experience that I've made that mistake, right? Where I hold that true as a value. I believe that that is important. But when an employee tells me no, it's like, what, what do you mean? Right? And I feel a little bit bristly and I feel a little bit like, but they don't understand this is important. And we really have to be able to take a step back in that moment, take a breath and understand what's happening. Because if we want to be leaders who help our teams prioritize work-life balance, we have to not only speak the words, but we also have to be able to reinforce the values that we claim. So just as a quick recap, really considering what is your definition of work-life balance? When we know equal time, 50-50 is probably not realistic, but setting limits to how much we work could be an option. It could be a value that we trickle down to our teams and we make part of the company culture. It also helps solopreneurs and entrepreneurs who really want to keep working, who are dedicated to their work, but also need some space away to get inputs, to get information from other diverse sources, documentaries, books, nature, right? This is not just about productivity. This is about giving some space to our brains. And then once we have our definition of work-life balance, not just for us as individuals, but for the team, for the organization, for the culture, then we also want to double-check ourselves. Am I the boss? Am I the leader who allows others to establish boundaries, who allows others to prioritize their self-care, and then allows others to say no? And then finally, of course, am I doing those things? Am I the role model? Am I walking the talk? Am I doing it? Am I establishing boundaries? Am I telling my team? I've seen this in a lot of um, like email footers. Something to the extent of sometimes I work early in the morning. You are not expected to, to work the same hours. Please do not feel obligated to reply to this email immediately. Right? Some sort of explanation. I think even better might be that we just don't work at 5 a.m. or we just aren't working at 2 a.m., right? So we are putting in our own boundaries as leaders. We are prioritizing self-care. We are recognizing when the stress is building 
and what we need from that perspective. We are recognizing that we should take care of our medical needs. We are recognizing that those preventive exams are worthwhile and are something that is important for our well-being. Right? We are prioritizing our self-care and we are demonstrating not just saying no, but also receiving the no. Super important that we are balancing how we show up for ourselves and how we show up for our teams. I'd love to know what you think about this episode. Drop me a message in Instagram or email me at jenfrycoaching at gmail.com. I'd love to hear your insights. What struck you about this episode? Because I think it's really important. And I'm going to link that Forbes article um, in the show notes as well. Have an amazing day and I'll see you next time. Hey, don't forget to like and follow me on Instagram at jen.fry.coaching, where we share more tips, more personal stories, and continue our journey to think on purpose. And if you like today's episode, click those three dots and share it with a friend.